0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., and Jesse Cofield holding it down for us in the DraftKings studio in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order using promo code GOJO15. Great show for you guys, as always. Make sure you download, subscribe, rate, review. us that five-star rating. And check us out here live Monday through Friday from 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern. Tell a friend about it. You can catch it on the DraftKingsNetwork.com, DraftKings YouTube channel, Samsung TV+, Plus, Rogue and more uh uh, we have so much to get to (laughs) today that i can't even waste time small talk here we'll get to plenty of the action from the nfl an incredible budding nfc rivalry of teams that actually hate each other and the most famous security guard in the nfl a penalty filled romp through sunday night football and al michael's personal hell continuing rolling through to this week but dad there is no greater hell right now maybe than for florida state fans coming off the college football playoff you guys know on a monday how much it takes for us to go college first off the board yeah but last night We had the final round, or I should say yesterday. We had the final college football playoff committee rankings revealed after conference championship weekend in the sport. And the biggest story by far was the fact that the Florida State Seminoles became the first undefeated Power 5 conference champion to miss the college football playoff. The final four was as follows. Michigan sitting at the one seed. The Washington Huskies sitting at the two seed, followed by the Texas Longhorns from the Big 12. And the Alabama Crimson Tide, a one loss conference champion, fresh off beating the committee's number one ranked team in the country, wedges their way into that fourth spot behind the Texas team that they lost to. And Jesse, we had the full statement from Mike Norvell to express the frustration, we'll put it kindly.
1: Yeah, he did not put it so kindly. He said, I am disgusted and infuriated with the committee's decision today to have what was earned on the field taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of the games. What is the point of playing games? I don't understand how we are supposed to think this is an acceptable way to evaluate a team. What happened today goes against everything that is true and right. In college football, ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips also called it unfathomable. So, uh, yeah, not mincing words there when they're talking about Florida not making it in.
2: And uh, no, I and I agree. I, I listen, I agree, and I, and and the one thing I wish we could do on Twitter, as we all started on Twitter before, you know, after the games on Saturday, and then certainly before the committee got together. Maybe it's because I'm getting older and maybe mellowing out a little more and don't enjoy confrontation. Why can't people just be nicer on Twitter? I mean, why does everything oh, just we fall... I know it can just fall to yelling and calling each other names. We're just giving our opinion. My opinion, it should be Michigan, Washington, A uh, Florida State would be in there, and Texas would be in there. I had said all along, Mike, when you and I were disagreeing, I had said I thought the committee was not going to leave the SEC out, and they were going to put Alabama in over Texas, but I thought, no way are they leaving Florida State out because they're undefeated. So that would have been my four, those two, and then it would have been Texas, and it would have been Florida State. I agree with Mike Norvell, because as, as, I look at it, and I know you do too, Mike, His former players, and that's just, I just can't get away from that. These guys were on the field, they won the games. Everybody said they're a different team, which they are, but they're also a team with a backup quarterback and a third-stream quarterback that still won a game. They won a conference championship game against a committee-ranked opponent it didn't beat, you know, an AP or, you know, any other – these committee, these 13 people said LSU was worthy of their ranking and Florida State beat them with a true freshman quarterback. Are they a different team, which we'll get into in the bylaws? Yes, they're a different team. But to me, I still say they earned that spot. And for those that are saying it would be a blowout, I don't want to hear it. Go check. Before you start spouting off, go look at every result since this era started. Outside of last year, there was at least one or both games in the semis were blowouts. So I don't want to hear that this would be a blowout. A, you just never know, and B, it's been in every year except last year that we've had blowouts. So I don't, I'm sorry. I, you lose me with that argument
0: and you're right the committee has the ability to do this when you look at the things that they're judging and the criteria for when teams are otherwise close resume wise the cfp will consider four criteria when teams are deemed comparable championships won strength of schedule head-to-head competition and comparative outcomes of common opponents along with other relevant factors such as the unavailability of key players and coaches that may have affected a team's performance during the season or Likely will affect its postseason performance. So they've got rules in place for exactly this. And, Dad, to be quite honest, this is exactly what people Mm -hmm. had in mind when the committee first formed, but we've never had it challenged in the way that it was challenged here. Year one, you had the controversy surrounding Ohio State and TCU, where Ohio State jumped TCU on the final weekend after blowing out Wisconsin. And that was back when the Big 12 didn't have a championship game. It was the impetus for them putting in the championship game. It changed a lot of the way that we approached that. And while we had other close matchups between teams that were on the verge, we have never had this. We have never had we've never had a, one, a conference champion, an undefeated Power 5 conference champion left out. We've never had the one seed fall from number one fall, to right? out of the top yep. four on the final day of the polls the way that we did with Georgia. So there was a lot of unprecedented stuff happening this year. And you're right, Dad. It, it is sad because it does feel like, and i i i usually hate being the hyperbolic guy because i usually never feel like things are as bad as we want to make them out to be i usually feel like this is stuff that kind of is the drama around this that we somewhat feel like we create but this really does feel like all right then what are we doing this for the message clearly got sent acc you are lesser than Your conference championship and your accomplishment within the body of your specific conference does not matter as much as what we saw from the other groups out there. Because you're right, you tried to do the thing where you scheduled tough out of conference. You went after LSU, back-to-back seasons, the first rattle out of the box during the year. You decided to go and schedule an SEC opponent with a guy who could win the Heisman coming up here very soon and Mm -hmm. Jaden Daniels leading the charge. And again, while you're a different team in September than you are in November, I acknowledge that where other teams are playing well, warm-up games look at Michigan's first month of the season you had them actually go out there and try and challenge themselves and then they got to conference play and Clemson laid an egg this year and North Carolina ended up being lesser than and Louisville came out of nowhere in year one and clearly was not respected enough by this committee to give you the benefit of the doubt because dad I know it's different and I know Cardale Jones and company boat raced Wisconsin in that championship game and there looked to be no drop off but man I shudder to believe that given the respect the Big Ten and the sec get for their conference play i struggle to see how if florida state had a different helmet sticker on the side of that that came from a conference that was more respected outside of just what Clemson's accomplished in the CFP era, that they would have been left out as an undefeated conference champion. I I understand I don't have anything quantifiable to throw at you necessarily for that, but I truly believe we've whispered and talked about this idea of a power two now being formed, but this seems like another plot point advancing towards that because you saw statements from Florida State's president and chancellor. You saw statements from Jim Phillips of the ACC. Everybody is looking at this and feeling the tectonic plate shift underneath them.
2: Yeah, the, by the way, the record of the ACC versus the SEC this year, ACC has won six. They went six and four against the SEC as conference to conference. Um, I, listen, we know they're hanging, and, and everybody's going to debate it even today. They debated it yesterday. The committee's going to completely hang their hat on the fact that it's a different team, right? That's the only thing they have. To, I know they'll, they'll look at strength of schedule and all that, but you can't tell me if Jordan Davis was still the quarterback. Uh, or I'm sorry uh, uh, um, Travis Jordan Jordan Travis. wasn't still yeah yeah Jordan Travis geez maybe I'll get it right uh, what, what, what a tough tweet by him too saying I wish I'd have broke my leg oh. earlier in the season so everybody could have seen this team still win the games uh, I mean just an incredible incredible human being there well I think the the point
0: that Really drove home for me the idea that this was more about the perception of the conference than it was the Jordan Travis injury, which no doubt he spent most of the year as a Heisman Trophy candidate. He was a guy that was sensational as one of the most tenured players in college football year. We've talked about old quarterbacks all over the sport. I thought Chris Hassel, my broadcast partner from College Football Saturday Night, said it best. Based on the final rankings that we saw, he said, it's interesting, the SEC championship game apparently had no bearing on this. If Georgia would have beaten Alabama based on the rankings we saw where Texas was at three, it likely would have been Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Texas in the final yep. four would it not by putting and i understand because of the nature of hey georgia being undefeated or the head-to-head there that might have skewed some ways that georgia uh, that alabama getting that quality of win jumps them in a way that wouldn't have otherwise happened but i look at what they clearly valued here and it seemed to be that yeah i believe chris is absolutely right if georgia would have won you would have had them stay yes. at number one Michigan would have gotten in at number two Washington with another impressive yep. win against Oregon would have been in at three and then I do think they would have put Texas in at four there and so I agree. you look at that and go all right so this basically felt predetermined going into conference championship weekend once George despite the fact that that defense had 16 sacks in the last two games despite the fact that uh, yeah they passed for 55 yards but they rushed for like over 160 right. in that game that doesn't really matter and that it's hey, your quarterback's not going to be there. And the thing is, dad, they're going to get bailed out by an awesome TV product. These games are going to rock. Like, I want to, str- I can't stress that enough. This isn't about dogging Alabama or anyone else. We'll get to the actual matchups and the games coming up here in a little bit and the rest of this. This is going to be incredible. Washington and Texas' offenses on yeah. the same field together. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Alabama and Michigan, this Alabama team that is peaking at the right time, they that are. did what you set out to do at the start of every year play your best football in november and december alabama did that they've completely turned around the offense all those things it's gonna rock but that's kind of where we're at in college football is it feels like hey man as long as you can get enough casual eyeballs and as long as enough people are going to tune in it's going to smooth everything else over and you've got the expanded playoff next year so you can look back and say none of it feels too dire but it still seems like a pretty crystal
2: clear message sent no, I, compl- I completely agree. And, and, and as I said, you know, that committee is just hanging on. The, it's a different team without Jordan Travis. And, 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 and this defense for Florida State has been fantastic. So to think they couldn't compete against the offenses they were going to play. And then hear people say, well, nobody would tune into the game if Florida State got in. Oh, stop it. Uh, th- 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 but that's not th- the point either. Like, that is just, not yeah, well, the Well, no, point oh, I know. That, like, I know. The, but the, oh, the, this no, is, I know, this I know this, you're not saying yeah. that's the point.
0: I'm saying that to the, the, the general we is yeah. that's not the point of this, even though college football right now has become, hey, Tie together the best combination of helmets you can. Give the best combination of helmets out there because we all tune in. We see the numbers for all these things. It was one of the biggest years of college football ever because you had a bunch of general transcendent storylines and quarterbacks you could sell. It's exactly why we're on the steady march towards a super conference. It's why you're seeing these television contracts decide so much of what goes on is because yes, these are incredibly compelling, but that's also not the way that we should be deciding a champion in this, especially in this case unless you believe again, going back to how the committee decided this, you looked at this and said, the ACC, your championship
2: and your conference slate is lesser than this season. That oh, was the message. No, no doubt about it. No doubt about the way they were looked at, w- without question. And I think Chris Hassel was exactly right, you know, about what would have happened if Georgia won, that Texas would have jumped Florida State. I mean, they were they – were, look, they had – I guess they had the reason – the committee had the reason, and they were just waiting for the dominoes to fall in the right position to use the reason, right? Because that—that's the other question. What? What if we? So, so I guess you. We just said that if if all the conference champs we talked about were undefeated, you're saying, and Chris said Florida State would still get jumped, is what he was saying. You would have four undefeated conference champs. And Florida State would have been the outside looking in. And Texas. Well, you wouldn't have even would have had an
0: undefeated at. conference champion. Texas had one loss in their. Column. No, no, that's Texas what I'm mean. no, no. one loss conference champion.
2: My, my my point is, we always said, well, if the four if the four undefeated teams going into conference championship wins, they're all in because they're all going to take undefeated teams. But your but your buddy Chris is saying, no, that wouldn't happen. Michigan was undefeated. If Michigan was undefeated, which they are, Washington is. If Georgia was, and if Florida State was, which they are. Chris is basically saying uh, Texas still would have jumped them. So even if we had the undefeated conference champs, that wouldn't happen. And and I agree. I think the committee had their reason. They all had it in their mind. They're not the same team without Jordan Travis. So we have the out to push them out. Now we just need the dominoes to fall in a situation where we can justify who's going to jump them you did you had and we've talked about this you had a deeper
0: pool of talented teams than you've ever had before and i guess when i say the acc's conference championship is lesser than obviously the quarterback factored into that sum and if they had gone out that's the other part of this is it's extremely biased towards offense and quarterback play to where it doesn't account for what the defense what the o-line what the rushing attack did during any of these junctures and the environments that they did it in there and so the quarterback's absolutely a part of that but what i'm saying is if we put different helmets on this you would probably say, well, hey, we'll give them a chance to see because we usually trust, hey, what we get from an SEC team when they get to this standpoint, what we've seen from the Ohio State of the world and the Big Ten at this point because, again, you go back to the unconscious bias that creeps in an sec champion has never been left out of the college football playoff alabama's in for the eighth time the sec's won the past four national titles and six of the nine during the college football playoff era twice we've had two sec teams play for the championship alabama beating georgia in 2017 and then georgia beating alabama in 2021 there is something we talk about this all the time dad when we do the rankings for the nfl playoff committee on this show and a joke exercise is who's not going to embarrass me when i get there and there is something To, hey, when you pick this Alabama team right now with a healthy quarterback, you feel like you're not, you have less of a chance of getting embarrassed because you've got a coach that's been there before, you've got some players that have been there before, and you've got a program that's had the arrow pointing up and does have their key players healthy and available to them versus a Florida State team that's inherently more of a risk when you think about that ability. Because, yes, absolutely, if we're all honest with ourselves, would I rather watch Alabama in this matchup than Florida State? Absolutely. But that not supposed to matter that's not no, supposed nope. to be how any of this works it's supposed to be about hey if you go out there and manage to overcome and do all these sports cliche things that they did over the last couple of weeks you're supposed to be able to earn your opportunity into this and that didn't happen and now it feels dirty and it feels wrong and again It's going to get bailed out because everyone's going to say, well, we're expanding to 12 next year. So what's the harm? This is exactly why you expand to 12. And, oh, man, well, we're going to get great games and we're all going to watch it. I'm going to love it. I'm going to watch this and I'm going to love these matchups. And it doesn't change the fact that I'm going to still feel badly for a Florida State team that went out and accomplished and overcame and did not get their shot
2: everybody's going to tune in. Even if Florida State was in it, everybody would tune in. Then you decide if you're going to stay with it, if it's going to be a blow it or not, which, again, has happened plenty in the past. So what's interesting, we have the two big conferences now with all the Pac-12 disbanding, right, to the, to the Big Ten and the SEC. If you go to next year and you look at the top 12 teams that we have on the board and for what, the college, what the committee did, 11 of them would be by next year either Big Ten or SEC teams. The only one not would be Florida State from the ACC. All the other teams. And, and, and people are saying, wait, no, Oregon, Washington. No, Oregon, Washington going to the Big Ten. So they will be yep. in the Big Ten and then the SEC. So 11 of the 12 teams, if we had a 12-team playoff this year, would be from the – or you know going into next year, we'd have what the new conferences are, the Big Two, which is exactly down the road we think this is all going. Yeah, 12 of the
0: th- top 13 ranked teams <clears> – <throat> we'll even do you one more would be sec or big 10 going into the future. And so that becomes another interesting subplot of this. You've had a Florida state team that we've dealt with rumors all summer of not necessarily being happy with their place in the ACC, dealing with a complicated grant of rights deal that might make it difficult for them to leave. But dad, I'd have to imagine after this in the, in the, in the heat of feeling jilted right now, you would got to be pretty motivated to explore all of your options looking at this, because again, i understand if jordan travis is healthy this is not an issue but at the same time i do not think they were afforded the benefit of the doubt that their power two conference counterparts would be afforded here and so now if you're florida state looking around as one of the big brands going all right if this is what we have to expect if even the slightest
2: thing goes wrong in an otherwise perfect season what are we even doing here yeah and and do they continue to schedule these tough out of conference games it did them no good right This, this whole thing revolves around one guy Getting hurt, and listen, it's an important thing. We would be saying the same thing sure. in the NFL, right? If somebody, if they, you know, Philadelphia lost Jalen Hurts or Dak or Brock or whatever, or Patrick Mahomes, or we'd be saying, "Well, that team is done quickly." Mike, I gave you what I thought my four should be. What, what should your top four? What was your top four? What do you think it should have been?
0: Oh, I thought it was gonna. I thought it was gonna be um, um, Michigan, Washington, Florida State and texas in there that's what i thought it was going to end up being coming off that because of the head-to-head with alabama we'll get to plenty more of who actually made it how this compares to the bcs in a little bit as well because this is also the first year where the bcs computers have usually given us the four teams in the cfp in some particular order except for this year but coming up next let's get to what we saw on this nfl weekend between the eagles the packers and more
1: And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Masked Jägermeister U.S. White Plains, New York.
0: All right, elsewhere in the world of sports, uh, if you weren't screaming about the college football playoff on the internet yesterday, then are you even a person or a bot? Uh, You were probably watching what we... The head going in is the game of the weekend, Dad in the NFL the 49ers and Eagles rematch of last year's NFC championship game a lot of bad blood between these two teams Debo Samuel talked his stuff during the offseason calling the Eagles secondary trash we heard from basically everybody on the 49ers roster about if we had had anything but our third string quarterback and Christian McCaffrey throwing passes things would have gone differently in that game and man did it spill over onto the field I don't know if anyone had on their bingo card dad linebacker and security guard getting ejected for an altercation in this game. But that is the exact embodiment of the kind of bad blood that we saw in this game. So uh, Philly was not able to go out and win this one for Big Dom, their security guard that ended up getting thrown out after a confrontation with Drake Green- Greenlaw. Instead, Dan, the 49ers set the damn tone and put the NFL on notice. That right now is the best team in football. And they went out in Philadelphia and left zero doubt about it.
2: You know, there's – and by the way, there's no revenge. You know, people – everybody that wanted to call her – it's not a revenge game because you won last year, you were in the Super Bowl. This year's a regular season win. There's no comparison, though you do want to try and exact some, you know, payback because you got beat and you think if you had your guy um, that that you would have won. That being said, Mike, listen, even you and I playing and you and I calling games, the one thing that I think we we both agree on is – let a couple of series go by before you start making predictions on how a game is going. People will see a drive or two and say, "Oh man, you know, that this this is it for this team." Look at look at how good they look. A lot of the first couple drives, we know they're scripted plays, is kind of a feeling out period. And le- and and yesterday's game it, it really kind of spelled that out. In the first quarter, the Eagles were winning 6 to nothing and San Francisco had minus 6 yards. Of total offense, that's the fewest amount of yards they had in the first quarter under Kyle Shanahan in the first quarter. So I'm sure everybody's going, "Wow, Philly!" You know, all I know they only got a couple of field goals instead of touchdowns. But man, they're dominating. And then all hell broke loose, and San Fran just smoked him. At one point, San Francisco scored on six straight drives. Got chippy. We'll get to the we'll get to the fight. But the most important thing is what we saw on the field and that was San Francisco, who, by the way, is still the two seed in the NFC to uh, Philadelphia being the one seed because they have one less loss, though they go to Dallas this week, which makes it interesting. But San Francisco really made a statement after we head-scratched a little bit about them for three losses in a row. They have come back with an absolute vengeance.
0: And, Dad, it was pretty easy to identify the problem area uh, where this went wrong for the Philadelphia Eagles. Defensively for the Eagles Linebacker and safety have become a real, yep. real issue. You can throw nickel on that, too, when Eli Ricks had to get on the field. But they were dealing with backup linebackers. Zach Cunningham yep. lost to injury. N'Kobe Dean lost to injury going into this game. So you had guys like Ben Van Sumeren that were getting signed back here. Nicholas Morrow, who were drowning. Kyle Shanahan, yep. who yep. might be the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL if you are dealing with backup linebacker talent too faced because of all the motion, yep. because of the running back room that they have led by Christian McCaffrey, the tight end room led by George Kittle, the fact that Debo Samuel wears basically every hat in the building, and that was reflected in his stat line, four for 116 receiving, 22 rush yards, three total touchdowns. They gave them everything to look at and dad, you saw gaping holes in the middle of that defense. And what it turned into by the end was a group up front that was also exhausted because you look, that's also a factor in this game, right dad? The Eagles have been on the field in the last two games. For 175 total plays on defense and 72 minutes and 31 seconds of game time in that, the most of any two-game span in NFL history for a team. So they looked gas; they were beat up in that area, and it showed, and the 49ers went full throttle and took advantage of them there.
2: Well, they did, and it does get tiring, and that's not usually the case with Philly, who has kind of a balanced uh, offense uh, normally between between the way uh, they run the ball and throw the ball. But yesterday, they didn't, and a lot of it was the score got away from them a little bit. They they got it to a one score game, I believe, in the in the third quarter, and then and then yeah. San Francisco uh, just pulled away. And you know it does. It it makes it difficult for you uh, as a team to kind of kind of stay with somebody if you're on the field for as long as you are. So, and I agree with you. So, will the Eagles get healthy at the right time? That's what we always talk about with attrition. Every team goes through it. Every team gets nicked. Even San Fran when they had Debo out, when they had Trent Williams out. Uh, and now they're back, and you see how they're playing. So now Philly has some. Uh, they, they've had some secondary. When I was calling their games earlier in the season, their secondary was, was a, a, a you know a mash unit. Now the linebacker unit is at. How can they? How can they get that back? by the end of the season. And listen, I know they're trying to hang on to the number one seed, but after next week's game against Dallas, they're going to be, if they lose that game, they're going to be trying to hang on to the top of the division because they'll be tied in losses to Dallas if they lose to them, and they will have split with Dallas. So back-to-back big games, and as you mentioned, the last two games, the defense has been on the field an awful, awful lot, so... Uh, something's got to change there. They had, I th- what in this game, they had 18 runs and 46 or 48 passes. That's not a split Philadelphia is used to doing.
0: No, that was the surprising part, too, is that was when the game was still in balance. It was like you yeah. saw a lot of drop back for Jalen Hurts where the 49ers had a clear edict we are going to rush 4 we're going to drop everybody else back and we're going to make Jalen sit back there and pat the ball and they were still able to make plays right we knew on the outside the Eagles wide receivers against the 49ers cornerbacks was going to be a win and you saw AJ Brown got loose in the beginning Devontae Smith made some big plays as the day went along the lack of Dallas Goddard in the lineup still clearly affecting this Eagles team to an extent as well but they had their full offensive line out there Lane Johnson who had had the groin injury in the last couple of weeks was out there we know that doesn't mean the groin is magically healed or anything thing like that but they had their O line at full speed and I was a little bit surprised dad that earlier in the game when things were more in balance, there wasn't more of a dose yeah. of the run game the RPO game the stuff that we've seen be so successful for Philly in this version of their offense with Jalen Hurts for so long now
2: yeah and their their uh, brotherly shove actually got stopped once on the goal line before they ran it a second time and got into <laughs> yep. the end zone. Uh, so, but keep an eye keep an eye on watching that the rest of the year because it may be the last year you're going to see it. I have a feeling the league. Uh, is going to get rid of it, which I think uh, would be a shame. So re- really, really quickly here, or let's let's talk about it, this fight yeah. that happened, okay? So oh, on the sideline of the Eagles, Devontae Smith got knocked out of bounds. Dre Green- Greenlaw, who's a scary linebacker <laughs> for San Francisco yeah, big stud. without question. Big stud. So they were, they were on the sideline right in the middle, right by the coaches as well. And and Dom DeSandro, which call him Big Dom, that's how what they call him. He's been with the Eagles since ninety nine, had a security, big dude. The big is not, you know, that's that's literally. He stepped yeah. in and put his hand on Dre Greenlaw to try he just and in naturally, instinctively tried to break it up, which, first and foremost, is completely wrong. Just as it, I was reading yep. an article that says, you are not a bouncer. That is not your job, and it's not. And and we'll talk about it. They are going to get nailed heavy for this one. But he reacted right there. It was there. He just tried to separate the guys. And then, of course, he ends up and Greenlaw jawing a little bit. And Greenlaw actually threw a punch at him at Big yep. Dom and grazed him. Didn't catch him, but grazed him. But threw a punch, closed fist, grazed the guy. Greenlaw got tossed. Big Dom got tossed. And let me tell you, the biggest ovation in that game was for Big Dom because there wasn't a ton to cheer about for the Eagles. Big Dom got a standing O, and I'm telling you right now, Big Dom will never have to pay a fine because that city will, will will pass the hat. Mm-hmm. He will never pay for a meal or a drink ever again. When that goes on in Philly, that guy is beloved. But let's just say he was wrong yeah. doing what he did. He cannot do that, and that team is going to get nailed big time. Remember the guy that handed the phone to Tyreek Hill? He lost his yep. credential for the rest of the season. So let's see what happens here
0: and Tyreek Hill is paying his salary for the rest of the right. year to offset right. that since he was a part of it. You're absolutely right though. Can't touch the can't touch the guys on no. the field especially when you're personnel on the sideline. Absolute no-no there. It, it it is overall indicative because we can all agree. You don't touch the players ever were, we're never going no. to be for that around here. But we can all agree the best part of this game despite it not being close especially at the end. These teams genuinely hating each other. Yes
2: awesome for football
0: in a year where we've seen so much churn so many injuries and so few things to count on right now the fact that we could potentially get this again in the postseason with this kind of animosity amongst two teams that seem to be fixtures in this conference for a long time an absolute net positive for the lead coming up next let's get to another positive and talk about love in green bay Yeah, the other big matchup of the NFL weekend, and it's, a, it's no disrespect to some of the other games that we'll, we'll touch on here as we go. The Houston Texans got a big win in a game against the surging Denver Broncos team. The Indianapolis Colts, I saw Mina Keim say it the other day on her show, Shane Steichen yeah. should absolutely be getting some coach of yep. the year buzz as him and Gardner Minshew get an overtime win against the Tennessee Titans, albeit the Will Levis-led Tennessee Titans. But, man, they're finding a way yep. week in and week out the other crown jewel was sunday night football and it was a really interesting opportunity to do a checkup from the neck up for jordan love packers quarterback as they've been spending this season trying to figure out if he's the guy and dad i feel like we could stamp it at this point jordan love's gonna be your dude going forward i don't know what it's going to look like deal wise or what but jordan love is absolutely going to be the packers starting quarterback in 2024 his very first nfl start came back in november of 2021 Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID-19 that week. And so that week, uh, Jordan Love got his first start on the road at Arrowhead Stadium and went 19 of 34 for 190 yards, a touchdown, and an interception in that game. And Steve Spagnola blitzed the ever-loving hell out of him in that game. And that was a Chiefs yep. defense that wasn't that good that season. They not were 28th like this in scoring. They were 29th yep. in yards. They were not this crew here. So now it's at Lambeau. Now Jordan Love's got a little bit more seasoning on him. Dad, how impressed were you by what you saw from the Packers quarterback who last night went 25 of 36 for 267 and three touchdowns in a win against the Kansas City Chiefs?
2: Well, I mean, listen, uh, all the, a lot of the talk is, is going to be about love, and, and it should be. I completely uh, agree with that. But you've got to give it up a bit for Green Bay's defense, right? I mean, you held Kansas City to 19 points. You made a, c- a couple of field goals instead of getting the ball in the end zone. So I want to make sure I give a little love to the Green Bay defense as well, like that, before we go, give a little love there he to goes. love. Uh, and listen, They're on a three-game winning streak. In those three games, he's thrown for over 250 yards in every one of those games, eight touchdowns and no interceptions. And that, again, you always look at a key for me. Even if touchdowns are down, a key for me is always that, that column of interceptions. He's not turning the ball over. He's not giving an opponent a shorter field, especially an opponent like Kansas City. Uh, and they did this without what Aaron Jones, I believe, was out uh, in, the, yep. in this game. Uh, so that's usually a, a two-headed monster uh, in the running back position for them. So it was just A.J. Dillon last night getting the lion's share of the carries. And, oh, by the way, between quarterback, wide receiver, and tight ends, this is going to be the youngest crew in the NFL. You know, remember, remember we were talking about Christian Watson last year's rookie year at the beginning of the season, the first play, the bomb from Aaron Rodgers, and he dropped it. And everyone's like, oh, man. And they struggled early on with the young receivers. And then he came on and was just such money, you know, by the, by the end of the year. And they tight ends so tight ends, wide receivers and love as well, even though he's been in the league for a few years, first year starter, this team has a ser- serious arrow going up on them going forward, but sticking in the now like I said, three game winning streak at this point that's happening and, and right now they're in the seventh slot for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and we talked about, Kyle Shanahan as a play caller here. Matt LaFleur, take a bow, too. I, I think yeah. in the midst of all this, as they've gone and developed a lot of these young guys who, uh, listen, while we talked about them a lot last year in that way, Dad, being around and learning from Aaron Rodgers, there's no small feat. There, there's no discounting what that can do for a young team, even if they didn't get to see all of the fruits of that last year. It clearly laid the foundation, and this year they've kept up with that development now, and it's got them absolutely. I mean, I know after the game, a couple of their playoffs said their goal is the one seed in the NFC, and while that might not be totally realistic at this point. This is still a team that's absolutely playing like a playoff squad right now that will fall into that team nobody wants to see come the postseason either, that, long, that daunting label that we always throw on teams at the end of the season.
2: And think about where we're going with them. Right now, um, much like we have uh, in the AFC where three teams coming out of, of, uh, of one conference – You know, we have that in the NFC in there with the sixth slot going to Minnesota and the seventh to Green Bay. Look at the rest of Green Bay's schedule. The Giants, Tampa Bay, Carolina, Then they had the big game against Minnesota. We'll see the meaning of that second last game. And then Chicago. So big time losing records in Giants and Carolina and Chicago. Right now Minnesota's at 500. We'll see what they are in a couple of weeks. And Tampa Bay is hovering, I think, one game below. But that's a favorable schedule for them to get themselves, you know, at least into the show and go from there. Yep, currently the seventh seed in the playoff setting, ironically enough, behind the Minnesota
0: Vikings at this point who are trending in the opposite direction, who are talking about making a quarterback change now after the loss of Kirk Cousins and the shine coming off of uh, the Pastronaut. So they've got a lot of good stuff ahead of them, I think, in that division based on where they're at. Christian Watson briefly went down with a hamstring injury towards the end of that game. It sounds like that's not going to be anything too long-term serious. He was back on the sideline after going in the blue injury tent from that. So that's good news because he had been big for them going big thanksgiving game getting better down the stretch in a young receiver room that's got a lot of talent but there is two sides to this and jesse we saw side by side they're going to be able to say up in packer land jordan love outdueled patrick mahomes in a way that's also got to shock chiefs fans a little bit
1: yeah guys it's pretty crazy how well he's been playing uh jordan love absolutely Insane three wins he's led the Packers to have put them back in the playoff hunt like we've been talking about He's had over 250 passing yards in every game 857 passing yards, eight touchdowns, zero interceptions This guy is on fire and after the game Keyshawn Nixon summed up the team's belief in Jordan Love perfectly <laughs> Man, Terry good. I told y'all man, you know what I'm saying, the media talk crazy about him But he's a hell of a player and a competitor I like, I got here last year, I sat and watched him, you know, learn from 12, and uh, 12 gay and the key, and he's driving the Porsche now. First of all, an it's absolutely... It's always nice when you can be part
0: of the Porsche. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And also, an absolutely unreal hat that Keyshawn Nixon is wearing. I just wanted to point that out. The style is unparalleled. Um, so Packers jumped into the last playoff spot here in the NFC, 6-6. Six and six. This is a playoff team, right, guys, if the trend yeah. continues?
0: this is hundred percent a playoff team on this side there's no doubt about it the way the green bay packers are playing right now the nfc north has become a much more interesting race down the stretch with hey if justin jefferson comes back for the vikings how does that look the detroit lions got a big win yesterday it looked like it was going to be even bigger they let the saints back into that game on the road a little bit dad i am concerned on the other side and i want (laughs) to ask you what this does for your belief in the Kansas City Chiefs. We were riding high after the offense looked so good against the Las Vegas Raiders, and then we went back to a lot of the disconnect. Missed opportunities downfield with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who is back for a revenge game. Plenty of that just not looking right here. What do you view the Kansas City Chiefs as right now?
2: Well, I mean, I, I still, uh, well, and, and think about it right now, they're sitting in the four slot of all the division leaders. They're fourth. It's Miami, Baltimore, Jacksonville, Kansas City. That's how the seeding would go right now. Mike, I'll continue to say on the passing game, because Pacheco helps that running game so much, what he does. He ran for over 100 yards last night. They ran for about 150 as a team before Pacheco got thrown out on a fumble that didn't even count <laughs> late in there with about 45 seconds to go in the game, throws a punch, and gets tossed. Well, I was going to say,
0: and by the way, in a stretch of some of the worst officiated football oh, you will gosh. see all year. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because it's been a poorly <laughs> officiated season, but you had the not late hit hit on. Hide Patrick Mahomes, that got flagged on the sideline, followed by Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting mugged going down the field yeah. on a defensive pass interference yeah. that wasn't called there. And then Marquez Valdez-Scantling getting stopped on forward progress where this clock should have been running during the two-minute right. drill at the end. And instead, the clock did get stopped. He was getting <clears throat> dragged backwards out of bounds that's supposed to right. keep the clock running in the NFL. Right. And instead, it kept moving. So no one walked away feeling like they were getting the benefit no. of the doubt from officials. It was just slop official initiating in the most important juncture in the game for all parties involved.
2: And even after the game, because that, that interference call, I mean, it looks blatant. Uh, Patrick Mahomes wasn't going down that road after the game. He said, listen, A, we're not putting it on that one play. And B, at the end of the game, he says, I like when the refs let it go. Because he knows he's been on the receiving end of that sometimes. So he's not going to sit there, you know, and and nail a ref for that when he gets a benefit sometimes. But, Mike, I still go on that passing game. What, 210 yards passing? It's, it's who's outside of Travis Kelly. It's Rasheed Rice last night. I think nine targets, eight receptions. But, but only eight yards a catch, you know, so nothing really downfield. Kelsey average 20 yards a catch uh, in this one, had, had four. And then after that, it's Pacheco out of the backfield. So th- that's still where I think, and we talk about the drops, but, you know, that's something hopefully they can fix by catching the ball. But, man, I, th- th- finding that other receiver in, with consistency is a key.
1: Gojo and Golog. Let's get to some sounds from around NFL Sunday with Miked Up Monday presented by Wrangler. So, guys, the number one Dolphins defeated the Commanders in convincing, nay, blowout fashion, 45 to 15. And Tyreek Hill absolutely went off. Five receptions, 157 yards, two touchdowns, one roller coaster celebration that had the crowd going wild. And after the game, Tyreek was asked how he feels about teams that play man coverage against him.
2: At some point it's it's like, man, um, I don't know, man. I just appreciate it. You know. Um thanks for, you know, not respecting me, I guess. So um, yeah.
1: I think that's a great new email sign-off. Thank you for not respecting me. Um, Tyreek did jump. <laughs> two offensive player for of the year his odds jumped over Christian McCaffrey this week Tyreek now minus 175 guys how do you stop Tua to Tyreek it seems like you just can't it,
0: it it really was and a perfect combination of both of them because there were some phenomenal plays by Tua in the pocket to get loose for some of those throws to Tyreek down the field but dad he's been the best non-quarterback in the NFL so far this season he's on pace for some historic numbers there go even a step further offensive player of the year seems pretty sewn up for him but mvp he is now the highest rank uh, the highest uh graded non-quarterback in that as well he's seventh in mvp odds at plus 1600 he's tied there with christian mccaffrey so the two yeah. of those guys are gonna go blow for blow i'm sure for both of those awards down the stretch of the season and have plenty of opportunities to do so
2: yeah i i think it, it's a two-man race and i'm i i Tyreek Hill I I know took the lead now but I'm certainly not counting out Christian McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey is more versatile correct he runs the ball (laughs) and he catches the ball out of the backfield but Tyreek Hill is a home run threat whether he catches a hitch a bubble screen an in route or a go route I mean he's 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 a threat and you know this dad as a defensive player what's the number one thing up on your bingo
0: card when you're getting ready to play against the team that every defensive coordinator is going to look for where's the speed at outside receiver can affect the team in a way that few other positions can outside a quarterback on the field. So I do think that factors into this somewhat, but dad, it went even a step further. How about Wes Welker? Who's obviously a coach for the Miami dolphins and his wide receiver coach and former New England Patriot, a teammate with Randy Moss on that 2007 Patriots offense that lit everyone on fire. Wes Welker fixed his lips to say this. He said, quote, Randy Moss is probably the best deep ball receiver ever in the game. But tyreek can run the whole route tree he can run choice routes he can run lookies he can take the deep the top off his ball skills coming in and out of breaks there is name a route that you don't like tyreek on i can't think of one dad him basically saying he thinks tyreek Hill is a better overall receiver than randy moss is wild and you know why this is happening right I, I, th- the tell short me. kings are sticking together like Wes Welker oh. looking at this. This is bias against the talls. He can't go out there and support the talls. Tyreek <laughs> is like him. He looks over there. And while yeah, the skill sets are a little bit different. Wes Welker, more of that true white yes. slot that started to dominate the NFL for so long in the mid early and mid two thousands. He's looking at this and saying, hey, the short guys got to stick together on this. We can't let them have everything.
2: Uh, yeah, that's a <laughs> well the old Napoleon complex, right? Uh, so to me. I'd love them both on my team, but you're giving me one. I'm still taking Randy Moss. I mean, Randy Moss is just an ungodly athlete for his size and what he was able to do. But take nothing away from Tyreek. Tyreek, so basically he's a hair under 500, 1,500 yards. I think he's at 1,481. So let's round it up. Let's give him 19 yards. 1500, five games to go. Quick math, Mike, come on. How much did you need a game to get to 2,000? Oh, dude, I'm already Mike, worried about Mike. the next topic we got to get to. Dad,
0: I'm worried about trying to transition us to the next sound. My brain can't do math like that right now. 100 That's yards a thing. game. That's he needs your a,
2: king. He, he needs to average 100 yards a game in the last five games to get to 2,000. Let's move on.
0: Okay. <laughs> your ma- Why do you uh, try and make me do your kink every Sorry. time? You like mental math. You do the math. Sorry. Ma- <laughs> Jesse, what do we got next?
1: next? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's a number. I don't, that's a great transition. Houston ended Denver's five game winning streak. Numbers. Uh, unfortunately, Tank Dell done for the season after breaking his leg. That sucks. Mm. But Nico Collins stepped up nine receptions, 191 yards, and a touchdown. Texans' last eight games have been decided by seven points or less, you guys. Another number. They are five and three in those games. So here's D'Amico Ryans after the game about pulling out another close one.
0: When you are in these games, and this is the NFL every week, I think that's why they have that red zone channel. It it comes down to that last moment. Every single week, every game seems like it's within a score, right? So it's how how you operate in that moment, right? Not blinking, not panicking. It's like everybody being under control, calm in the moment, and just executing. And that's what our team is continuing to show each and every week.
1: Guys, you talk about intangibles. The Texans seem to have that it factor, right, where they just get it done.
0: Their head coach is a fan of the witching hour. Of course, they've got the it factor. He's a man of class and great taste here. And dad, while it was terrible news about Tank Dell, who's been awesome this season, broken fibula, going to miss the rest of the year. The Texans can take solace in the fact that some of their other young guys did great. Will Anderson Jr. Two sacks in this game, a tip pass on one of Derek Stingley Jr.'s two interceptions in this game. And with the Browns and the Steelers both sputtering ahead of them, Dad, we've been saying it for
2: a while, but this Texans team, another team that looks like a playoff well, outfit. Let's look. They play the Jets. Then they, they still play the Titans twice. They do play the Browns, which has started four quarterbacks this year because of Joe Flacco yesterday. And then they finish up with the Colts. The Colts right now are in the sixth slot at 7-5, and five, Cleveland 7-5. and five. So they play both those teams in Houston is 7-5. and five. So they have it right in their hands to control their destiny. Good for them. All right, speaking of uh, controlling your own
0: destiny, apparently uh, the Chargers still kind of fall in that range, but Jesse, watching what we watched yesterday, I don't know if there were any winners in the Chargers-Patriots game.
1: Yeah, let's talk about this Patriots game. So they lose 6-0, not great. They became the first team since the 1938 Chicago Cardinals to allow 10 points or fewer in three straight games and lose all three um, after the game Belichick was asked about if he wanted to still keep coaching the Patriots and he said he's just getting ready for the Steelers and speaking of the Steelers they lost 24-10 to the Cardinals lose Kenny Pickett to injury Mitch Trubisky came on in relief and Mike Tomlin was really disappointed in the effort after the game you know that was a horrible day at the office
2: um, we didn't do much right in that game to be quite honest with you so we got to own that, obviously, starting first and foremost with me. um, Just
1: losing football. And what this means, what this means, guys, is Al Michaels is going to get Zappy and Trubisky on Thursday Night Football. You hate to see it. You just hate to see it. God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers.
0: God gives his (laughs) toughest battles to Al Michaels, Dad. What did he do to deserve this?
2: I mean, could, could you even believe this matchup now going forward? Which, which I, I guess, you know, many, many thought, you know maybe these two teams are going to be in it or are thinking more. I have no idea. But this is what happens late in the season is you get in this situation, and it is ugly. That Steeler loss stunned me. James Conner, coming back, though, used to, you know, former Steeler, had a big game for the Cardinals. And as I've always said, whether it's amicable or not, when you play your former team, there is extra juice in that game. And Conner was carrying a ball with some extra juice in that one. The, The Patriots and Chargers, There's nothing worse than a horrid game except a horrid game when you're wet and it's cold. So then that, that multiplied because, Mike, as you know, as players, there's something when it's cold. But when you're wet and cold, that adds to it. It's just horrific. I mean, that was just horrific all the way around. Think about between both of those games. You were wet
0: and cold in New England in that game with the Chargers, which stinks, especially for the Chargers. You used to live in Los Angeles. Yeah. You were in San Diego before that. Your life is great. And then the Steelers <laughs> and Cardinals, multiple weather delays, as oh. some of the craziest looking skies were rolling over I, you know, I don't know Every I forget, Stadium is what they call it now. Yeah. I don't Looked know. miserable there. And Dad, as someone who lived life during the two and a half hour lightning delay with Notre Dame and South Florida back in two thousand eleven. Going back in and having to pop off the pads a second time? Couldn't imagine that. It was bad enough once when you eat all the snacks in the locker room that were supposed to be there for halftime before you even get through the second quarter time-wise. I can't imagine having to do that twice.
2: Throws everything off, without question, throws everything off, including sometimes your game when you go back on the field.
0: (laughs) Clearly the case for all teams involved. (laughs) Coming up next, let's take a look back at the playoff preview for the CFP this year.